Okay, good morning everybody. Great to see all of you here today. Good to have all of you here. I have to sort of interrupt all your friendliness. That's so awesome that you guys are doing that. We want to move on today. We've got something to share and I'm excited that I get to. I'm Len. I'm one of the pastors here again if you don't know me. Uh, Pastor Paul, our lead pastor, he and his wife are on a well-deserved vacation and so I get the the uh, privilege and opportunity to share with you uh, this morning. And so today I want us to look at the idea of when you're facing something impossible. And if you ever had a boss or a parent or a friend or somebody say to you, I need for you to do this for me, and, and you just go to yourself, there's no way I could do that. I don't have the talent, I don't have skills, I don't have the time, I don't have the network, I don't have whatever it is you want to finish that sentence with. I just can't do that. And then they go and they put some deadline on it, like your boss says to you, and I want it next Tuesday. And you're like, not in this lifetime. There's just no way I can do that. And we just have these moments when we're faced with what we think are impossible situations. And, and so I get the title for today's message out of Daniel, where we're looking uh, in chapter 2, where the advisors to this Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, that we've been looking at for the last several weeks, uh, where they say to him, nobody can do what you ask. What you are asking for is impossible. And so what do we do when we're asked the impossible? Or when we face a situation that seems too overwhelming to accomplish. And that's what we want to talk about today. We've been in this series that we're calling Unshakable. And we're looking at standing strong when life throws everything it can at us. And life does that for all of us. It just does. And and we need to to not get caught up in this this fantasy or this, this set of denial, this state of denial where we think that somehow life should be fair or simple or easy, because it's just not. And, and God gives us examples in the Bible and tools in the Bible to help us um, deal with these situations that seem impossible, where we can respond to them well and live strong and unshakable. And so we have this example here in Daniel, in this book of Daniel, through this person named Daniel. And uh, and a number of great stories come from it that you're probably familiar with. Daniel and the lion's did and this fiery furnace and handwriting on the wall. All of these are, are stories and so much more that comes out of this book. And they're examples of what this guy Daniel did. This, this young man who, who just had a huge trust and faith in God. And how when these insurmountable seemingly odds came against him, how he responded in living well and unshakable. And so a situation comes up again that's a huge challenge. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, has this dream. And he's in a bad mood about it. And he wants someone to tell him what it means. And nobody can. And so Daniel steps up here in our story this morning. He steps up and through this story we see God is involved in the small stuff and the biggest stuff. And we want to just jump right in. So here we go in Daniel chapter 2. It says, in the second year of his reign... Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Well, the astrologers answered to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. But the king said to the astrologers, 
I'm serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. (laughs) Got it? Not only does he want them to tell him what the dream means, but he wants them to tell him what he even dreamed in the first place. Seems a bit impossible, doesn't it? The astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. Well, this made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all of the wise men of Babylon. Everybody! Not just the astrologers, uh, all the wise men. That would be his his advisors, the politicians, the counselors, the drug czars, or whatever he had. Every single person was to be executed just because these few astrologers could not tell him what the dream was. Talk about an overreaction. Talk about an impossible situation, right? And so it, it went so far, in fact, that it says here, when the death warrant was issued, Daniel and his companions were included as well. They were also marked for execution. So what do we do? What do we do when we're faced with situations that are just so outrageously insurmountable in our view? Over the next few verses, we're going to see through the example of Daniel, we're going to see some clear action steps that he took that we can draw from and apply in our life, a process of facing these situations. And so let's go ahead and get started. The first is to don't panic. Don't be afraid. And that's number one. Because in Daniel's case, he had a legitimate cause to be a bit worried, didn't he? If, if the government sent somebody to your house to execute you, do you think you might panic just a bit? I think so. I, I'm pretty sure, sure I would. And yet Daniel didn't. We have his example. It says, when Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Now, once again, Daniel's faith here is tested, and he passes with flying colors. And he's an amazing young man. We've already seen the last couple weeks and will again in the next few. He's about 17 right now, and the most powerful man on the planet at that time has ordered for his assassination. The guy shows up to kill him, and Daniel responds with this situation with wisdom and, and tact and discretion. Pretty amazing, isn't it? And so as we go through this morning, I just want to take pause kind of at each point and ask ourselves some reflection sort of questions. What are you panicked about this morning? What is it that you're facing that just feels so overwhelming? That job opportunity or that job problem, that financial situation, oh, I'm never going to get out of debt, or your health going the wrong direction, what are you worried about? Your marriage, your future, your dreams, don't panic. That's the first step. Don't panic. Next, ask why. And what I mean when I say to ask why is that you want to learn all the facts, all the the motivation behind the request, if that's 
what is bringing this impossible situation to you. You want to understand when somebody asks you to do the impossible why they're asking you this. You need to get the motivations for their asking. And if there's an emotion involved like there is here with King Nebuchadnezzar, he's furious. What's fueling that anger? What's causing that in his situation? In his case, the king is clearly afraid. He's been having these recurring nightmares that are just scaring him, and his, he's taking out his fear on others, and he's projecting it out on them. He's acting irrationally by pushing it out to, uh, to other people. And so when people are panicked, they're in a crisis. They get emotional, and, and they're feeling pressured, uh, and they, they don't know what to do in that situation. And so instead of looking at them as if they're jerks or they're, they're just somehow just irrational, instead, look at the fact that they may be going through something themselves. They may be feeling pressured and in facing an impossible situation as self. Try to see the facts behind the behavior. It says this, that Daniel asked Arioch, the captain of the guard, why has the king issued such a harsh degree, decree? So Arioch told him all that it happened. And so we, we have to get the facts. Don't make a major decision based on emotion. Don't make a major business decision just on the way you feel. Because get this, feelings lie. Feelings are not trustworthy. It may have been something you ate last night or the fact that you didn't sleep well that is, that is fueling how you're feeling at the moment. So don't trust them. Get the facts of the situation. And so in this step, what we want to do is we want to ask, what do I need to know? What do I need to do to to take the next few steps to get through this? And when you're facing that deal that's about to fall apart or that mountain of debt that's come on you, what what do I need to know to get through this? Begin to ask those questions, which then leads to our next step, and that is to take time to create a solution. If your boss comes in and says, I need this done, and you go, it's impossible, ask for some time to create a solution. If you get medical or relational news that just knocks you off your feet for whatever reason, take time before you act. And the reason why we need to take some time instead of uh, just immediately getting to work to solve it or to fix it is because in a crisis, the greatest temptation for most of us, if not all of us, is to act impulsively. And it's more important to make the right decision than it is to make the fast decision. Because, see, the wrong decision is wrong whether you make it quickly or not, right? So take the time you need to make the right decision. And we see this example from Daniel again. He says that this Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. So, uh, so I want to say this uh, very clearly to us, that, that taking time is very different than procrastinating. Daniel went to the source of the impossible situation for time, and we need to face our situation as well, head on. Taking time is a measured response. Procrastination is just avoidance. And so we want to we face it directly. And so the question, again, to ponder, to take a moment, to begin to reflect on and ask ourselves is, what are you procrastinating with that you know you need to do? Perhaps you've even known you needed to do something for years and you've just been putting it off because it might be very painful. Let me ask it another way. 
What are you pretending in your marriage is not a problem. What are you pretending in your job that is not a problem? What are you pretending in the way that you're, you're, you're maybe doing something that you don't want to do and you keep doing it and you're just like, I think I can handle this. I'm, I'm okay with it. And then you keep going back to it again and again and you're pretending it's not an addiction and not a problem. What are you putting off because it might be painful to deal with? We all deal with something. How are we going to face it? And so instead of procrastinating, let's realize that procrastination doesn't uh, solve anything. It only makes problems worse. It's never solved a problem. Delay doesn't make it any better. In fact, it makes it worse. People say things like, well, time heals all things. Well, you know what? It doesn't. Because if it did, then when you get that prognosis of cancer, you could just say, okay, I'm just going to ignore this for a little while and it'll all be fine. No, you need to act on it. You need to take the treatments that, that are available to you. You need to take some thought and face it head on. Yes, it's overwhelming. Yes, it can be difficult. But, but ignoring it doesn't make it go away. And so facing our fears directly is what the example here is we have of Daniel and what I think God is leading us to do as well. Don't procrastinate. Do the thing that you fear most. Which then leads us to the most important of all of these steps, and I think the one that most of us probably don't do enough. And that is to enlist enlist prayer support from your friends. Daniel knows that he's going to pray about it. As we read the book of Daniel, we see that he was a man of prayer. He understood uh, spending time with God and seeking his direction. But, and so we know that he's going to stay up all night. He knows that he's going to do that. But he realizes that this problem is bigger than him. This problem is huge. This is, the kingdom is in balance here. Well, what's going to happen? And so he knows that he needs to get together some people to join him in prayer instead of him just holding it all on his own. And so we need to say, who is my prayer support? Who am I going to go to? And so here's what Daniel does. He returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And so again, our question for ourselves, to ask ourselves is, do you have any prayer partners? If you got in your car today, on your way home, and a crisis happened, who are the first five people that you're going to call? Do you have anybody to call? Who are you going to count on? Who do you know that you can share that with? So the question is, is why? Why do you need that? Because you're going to have problems. You're going to have situations in your life where you need other people to hold you up and, and share with you and help you face these impossible situations. You're going to have dark days. You're going to, to get that phone call that changes the direction of your life. We all do at some point. So who do you have to share with, to count on during those times? And that's why we say at this church, among other reasons, that you need to be in a life group. The people that you are meeting with weekly to pray with, to study with, to grow in your faith with, that you hold each other accountable in in making choices to follow Christ, to serve side by side with, these are a ready-made group of people 
that can pray for you in times of difficulty. Of course, it could be other people as well, but you, know, you don't need 25, 30 people. You just need a good solid four or five. And if you've got that life group, you've got those people that can join you and hold you up in prayer. And then when you all are about praying, when you're all doing this, we get to the next step, and that is to pray and expect. Expect God to give supernatural help. See, when you're facing an impossible situation and you go to prayer, why pray if you're not going to expect an answer? God is capable and able and desires to be involved in our lives. And he can help us through these impossible situations. And Daniel teaches us this as an example as well. Pray that God will give that supernatural help. And when I talk about supernatural help, I mean something that that you can't just accomplish on your own power. You don't have the answers, you don't have the skills, you don't have the network, the education, the money, the resources, whatever it is, because we're all lacking somewhere at some time in our lives. And we realize that God is the one that can only reveal himself in these situations. And God wants to. So let's call on him and expect that he will. And so here's the interesting thing about this as well, is that God wants to do this. He tells us all throughout the Bible, over and over again, that he wants to step into our lives and help us in incredible transformative, transformative ways. And so he, he, he lets us know this. An example of that is 2,500 years ago in Babylon, while Daniel was a young, young boy that carried off to Babylon, as we've been reading here in Daniel, there were a number of, of residents and citizens of Israel that were left back there uh, behind in the country. And one of those, a contemporary appear. Of, of Daniel is Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet. Another book in the Bible is named after him with a, a number of prophecies that God spoke through Jeremiah. And one of them is this, where God says, call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. And that's exactly what Daniel needs here. He needs God to show him what he could never figure out on his own. He could try for a thousand years to guess what the king was dreaming, and he would never come up with it. And you could try for a thousand years to work out situations in your life. You could work harder and harder, and we say that, just work harder and you'll get through it. And you know what? Sometimes working harder doesn't help because there's some things that are just outside of our ability. And God wants to and is able to show us wondrous things that we could never figure out on our own. Now, don't misunderstand me here and do what is a tempting thing that a lot of us do. We will, we will do this thing where we'll say the prayer and we'll, we'll create this prayer around a situation where there is only one answer that we'll allow from God to have God actually spoken to us. And if we don't get that answer, that somehow we then say God has failed us. So we get cancer and we say, God, heal the cancer. There's no other options. Or we say, God, I'm in debt, problem generally of our own making. And we say, God, you've got to get me out of that. And we only allow him that one answer. And here's the thing. God can heal us of cancer. I believe God has the power to heal. Absolutely. And I believe that God could drop a boatload of money on us to get us out of debt. But you know what I believe more? Is that there is a a reason for the process and the journey and the answer to prayer more likely than not is God giving us the wisdom to navigate through it. That God tends to grow us up through that process 
more than just giving us what we ask for right there on the spot. God wants to grow us and work through us and reveal himself to us in ways that bring him glory, but also bring us some spiritual maturity. And God wants to answer us in that way. And so um, I think we should pray and expect God to give us the supernatural help, but do it in a way that James, the brother of Jesus, says, a prayer that God will always answer. He says this, if you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So maybe the cancer will or will not be removed. Maybe the debt will or will not be removed. But God will give you wisdom to go through it, whatever that process is. So pray the prayer that God says he will always answer. And wisdom is one of those. Pray for wisdom to take the next steps and expect God to answer that. And then when you're facing that impossible situation and you have handed it over to God in prayer and you're expecting that answer, begin to do our next step, and that is to worship him. To worship him. And let me explain what that means, because a lot of us think that worship is music, and we come here on the weekends, and we gather together, and we sing incredible songs, and we we express worship to God together as a church family. Um, But worship is so much more than music. Worship is any time we make God big. Anytime we focus our attention on God, anytime we take the situations in our life and we make them small, we make ourselves small and we make God big, that is an act of worship. Anytime we put trust in God through a situation, we are acting and expressing worship. And we don't have to be in church to do that, do we? We can do that anywhere, at any time, any place. And so we should come to God and worship God. And what that means is we get our focus off of our problems that seem impossible, off of the situations that overwhelm us. And instead, we put our focus on God for whom nothing is impossible. Why get overwhelmed by the problem that seems to be overwhelming to us? Instead, put our focus on a God who nothing overwhelms. Let's worship him in all of the situations that we face. Nothing is too small for him. Nothing is too big for him. Let's focus and worship God. And that's what Daniel did. And so we see, continuing here, that Daniel has done just this. During the night, it says, the the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. I love this. I thank you and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Daniel's up all night praying. He's seeking God. God gives him the way through this situation. And does Daniel just jump up immediately and go tell the king? No. He takes a moment to pause and worship and thank God. 
He doesn't go and act on that answer. He takes a moment to worship God in humility and in trust and in faithfulness. He is he's just yielding his life in worship to God at that moment. He's making God big. Well, then he does go and act on that. And so that's our next step, to use what God showed me to save others. To use what God gives us, the answers, the blessings that he gives us in our lives to to save others. God wants to save you from this impossible situation, but you know what? That impossible situation may not be all about you. That impossible situation may be for somebody else. God wants to save the people in your lives, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your bosses, your enemies. God wants to save them all because he has not created a single person that he does not love deeply, that he does not want to have join him in a forever relationship where they've yielded their lives in trust and worship to as well. And sometimes the situations in your life can be an example of how God can work through you and that person is inspired to put their trust and faith in God. So your story is not your story. Your story is God's story. And so to take that and share that with other people is so important. We see that here with Daniel. It says he went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret the dream for him. He could have said, you know, I've got it. Uh, put those people to death. Who gives a rip? You know, they're, they're wicked. They're sorcerers. Who cares about them? I, you know, I worship God. You know, he, but no, he wanted to have their lives spared as well. And we should have this idea that the answers that God gives to us are not just for us. And I try to share that with people who, who share their story in the back of our programs to save them, because I've, I've approached some people, and I said, would you please share your story with us? And, and they said, oh, no, I don't want to draw attention to me. You know, I'm really uncomfortable with that. And I said, you know what? It's not your story. I mean, it is your story, but it's not your story. It's God. Direct them to him. What has he been doing in your life over the years? Your story is really his story. So feel free to share it. And and whether your story ends up in the back of a program or in a conversation that you have with a friend or family member, the point is, is that God wants to use the circumstances of your life to impact somebody else's life. That's what witnessing is. That's what evangelism is. It is sharing the good news. And we all have some great news of what God has done in our lives. Whether it's specifically the fact of salvation, of that he saved me from my sins, or that he has rescued you out of circumstances throughout the course of your life. What story do you have? What impossible situation has God worked through you that you can now share with other people? Which then leads us to the very next point, and that is point people to God. Point people to God. Use what God shows you to to direct others to him. Don't take credit yourself, but instead put all the credit on God because you didn't come up with it. He did. He had the rescue plan for you long before you were ever even born. He's known that he who you are and how he was going to work in your life long before you even took a breath. So give God the credit he deserves. And here's what Daniel says to the most powerful man in the world at the time. The king of the Babylonian empire, Daniel says, No wise man 
Enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he is asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. You know what? Daniel could have done what is tempting to a lot of us. He could have taken the credit. He could have gone to the king and said, you know what? Those enchanters, those astrologers, you know, they don't know anything. But I know. I've got the secret knowledge. And he could have taken all the credit. But he didn't. It didn't didn't benefit him to do that. He directed the king to the king of kings. He directed him to God himself, the one who reveals the mysteries. And people are putting their trust in everything these days on, on a wide spectrum from astrology and mediums and horoscopes all the way to the other side of algorithms and science and logic. People are putting their trust in all of those things. And yet... We have the God who is the creator of the stars, the God who is the creator of the natural order, the God who reveals mysteries. We need to introduce people to him for them to put their trust in. And again, that's witnessing. That's evangelism. That is the good news, that God can take these circumstances in our life and touch other people's lives through them. And so if you do that, if you'll let God bless your life and you will share that with other people and you will not take credit, you you can just be touched by him in unimaginable ways as you begin to always point credit back to God. Uh, God. God works through people who don't care about taking credit for themselves. The humility that comes with that, God blesses and honors and works through. And you will have a bigger platform to share him. Yes, God worked through you, but he didn't work because of you. He worked because of his great love and mercy. And so share that with other people. And this is the goal of our lives. This is the purpose of our lives. Once we come to this this reality that God saves us, then the rest of our lives is directed at living that out and living that as an example and sharing that with other people so that they could come alongside with us on this eternal journey to be with our God. And so I hope that you will do just that. Now, these are our eight things that Daniel did, and you could easily dismiss those as just a set of how-tos and some, some little nice, simple package steps, but there's so much more than that. They are so much more than that. There is a lot to learn here. And yes, Daniel is, is, the story goes on, he is correct in the dream, and he shares that with the king, and yes, Uh, He shares what it means, and there's an incredible transformational story that we could go and learn from, but that's for another message another day. Today, the message is, is the process of how we face the situation in the first place is so important. In fact, I'd, I'd like to say, to be honest, that the process is more important than the result. The process of putting these steps into place, of how we yield our lives to God in trust are more important than what happens at the end. Because if we have truly trusted God in the face of insurmountable odds and we've placed our circumstances in his hands, then the results don't matter. They're going to be just fine because God's been a part of it all along, right? I mean, we can just say logically, it's going to be okay. So the process leading in and through the situation is what really matters. So begin to take these examples, these steps that Daniel did, 
and begin to work them out, live them out in your lives each and every day. So, so I want to close with this as I ask the worship team to make their way up here uh, in a moment. But let's go ahead and just take some time again and ponder and ask ourselves uh, a few questions. What is it that seems impossible in your life right now? What is it that's keeping you awake at night? What is it that you are worrying about, panicking about, having anxiety about, that you're stressing about? Whatever words you want to use, it's all the same thing. Whatever it, what is it that you are wrestling with and it's just overwhelming you? Is it a job opportunity or a job problem? Is it the debt that's overwhelming you? Is it a marriage that seems to be falling apart and you just kind of say to yourself, well, it's over. There's nothing we can do. We might as well just end it. Really? Really? Have we taken the time to really seek God and pray? The God who can reveal mysteries is also the God that can transform our hearts. The God who wants to be involved with supernatural help can restore relationships. Don't give up. Don't panic. Don't give in. Seek him. Seek him. What, what else is keeping you up at night? Is it the dreams that don't seem to be realized? Is it the you want a child, you can't have a child? Is it the you, you want you know, to, to retire well and you just feel like you never can? What is it? Are you putting your trust in God? You may not get the answers that you expect, the answers you prefer, but you will get God's presence and supernatural help to navigate life through it well and unshakable. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help us to adjust our expectations, to seek you, to trust you, to let you lead our lives, even when we don't particularly understand or maybe even like the answers we get. But we, God, can trust that you will answer us. You will lead us. You will help us to lead lives well and unshakable as we put faith and trust in you. And we will see you, God, transform us and others around us as a result. And I pray, God, that you would help us to face these insurmountable, seemingly impossible odds well. Because, God, it's not impossible for you. Not impossible for you. I pray, God, that you would help us to do that. And, God, I pray that if there's somebody here that has yet to seek you to lead their lives in, in any respect at all yet, that maybe today they're ready to, to make that choice to say, God, please forgive me of my sin. Help me, Lord, to follow your lead for the rest of my life. I don't understand every step, but I understand and trust you, God, to lead me through the next step. And God, I pray that you would just fill their lives right now with forgiveness and freedom and hope and direction. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, I've been sharing this little story um, in the previous services. Uh, when I was growing up, I met this lady. I knew this lady in the church I was going to as a young boy who at that time I thought was kind of wackadoodle. And... Uh, and, and she probably was odd for a number of different reasons, but not this one. But I thought so at the time. It was this reason. 
she would share how she would wake up each morning and she would go to her closet and she would open it up and she would stand there and look at all her clothes and she would pray, um, God, what should I wear today? What outfit should I put on? What color is the color you want me to wear? And I used to think that was the craziest thing. I was like, why would you bother God with that, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then she would then share, and of course I was too young at the time to really appreciate this, but as I've grown older, I really do appreciate it now. She would share that the outfit she wore, she was trusting and believing that God would use to perhaps spark a conversation. That maybe somebody would compliment it or say how they thought that color was meaningful to them. And she could take that and build off of that conversation of the beauty and the love of God. That the smallest decision she laid at the feet of God and said, what do you want me to do? God, I trust you to take whatever choice I make today to be one that you will use that I could point people to God. Powerful, spiritually dynamic, mature woman. A little wackadoodle still, but, but she trusted God. Now, I, honestly, I don't do that so much in my life still to this day. I should, and I am challenged by it even as I share that story. There is nothing too small for you to bring to your God. We all want to bring the big stuff when we're in crisis mode, but there is nothing too small to bring to your God. Trust him with every part of your lives. Let's now, just as we continue to worship, reflect on the fact that God can do the impossible. And let's trust him yet one more step this morning. Thank you for being here.